0: One, two, one, woo!
1: All right, welcome to episode one of the Small Truck Campers podcast. So excited. This is great. I am ecstatic to be hosting and getting this podcast going. Uh, Recently, about three weeks ago, I was just coming across on Instagram, I had a good conversation with somebody, and I just got to thinking, like, there's so much more than just what the Instagram can show. There's so much more behind the scenes uh, for the, you know, what's going on in the camping community. There's just so much out there. Uh, Through the account, I've been able to, to connect with inspirational, you know, athletes from pro mountain bikers to pro surfers to pro snowboarders ultra marathon runners um and then you got your you know your your backyard builders your your artists that are just pumping out these really incredible campers there's so many stories there that i feel like we just want to share um this community as it's growing i'm realizing there's so many ideas out there there's so many new products there's just so much to talk about instagram is great but I can only capture so much with a with a few pictures, a caption, and some comments. Um, this kind of seemed like the next evolutionary step to get the podcast uh, to get the account into the get to the, the community just growing further and hopefully reach more people and just continue sharing those ideas and essentially just building out the community. It's really cool to see so many people enthused by this concept of small truck campers um for me it's always kind of been more of a mindset than actually physically having a small truck camper right now i actually don't even have a camper i'm looking for something new for my truck but it's that mindset of just you know i don't want the flashy big eagle cap camper thing Uh, we don't need that you know i don't want an rv pusher um it's kind of this like intersection of like. How can I do it myself? Do I need to restore something? Do I need to look on Craigslist for a while and find a deal? It's kind of that culture um, and also intersects, you know, the lifestyle of outdoor activities, action sports, traveling, exploring new places, obviously Mexico, Canada, um, just kind of that concept, everything that revolves around that concept is kind of what I want to keep tapping into and then keep developing. And, and I think, like I said, the podcast will be a really great way to do that. I'm, I'm pretty excited to be launching it with y'all. So after some research, some YouTube videos, I think this is our, this is our first attempt. But, um, you know, I just did some reaching out on the Instagram to some people and said, Hey, you know, I'm interested in, in starting a podcast. Would you be uh, available to chat? would you be available to come on for an interview and so far everyone's been super enthusiastic about it so i think i think on one hand you know i have a smaller i have a smaller voice um but then linking up with these other people that that also may not have as big of a voice these new camper manufacturers sharing their side of the story sharing what they're doing sharing where where they're coming out of where their heads at that's a big part of it um talking to these uh, I don't say influencers, but just inspirational people in the community that are either putting out good YouTube content, they're living the life and just kind of, you know, picking their brains. I think when we talk to these people, we'll find out we all have a lot of common in terms of like, not where we grew up, but like how we grew up, what we were into when we were growing up. Um, and we can all kind of relate to that. And then it'll just be really cool to connect on those different levels. So I'm super excited for that whole aspect too. Um, talking to new manufacturers, there's all these new companies. It's like, I could do a post a day on a new company every day. And I feel like it would take me months to catch up. There's so many new camping companies, camper, camper manufacturer companies coming out um, that I think would, it'd be cool to hear their story too, and and figure out like, what did they see in the market? Why did they start? What are they trying to get at? What's their end goal? Um, And then also, I want to, talk to some of the bigger companies and see where their heads at in terms of meeting the demand for making small truck campers, the demand is here, small truck campers are here to stay. And a lot of those companies either used to make smaller campers back in like the 70s and 80s, or they went out of business, um, like Lance used to have a, uh, I think it was called the Lance mini, I forget, uh, Pilgrim had a smaller camper, obviously, Roman Cheerilee, uh Bigfoot had the smaller truck camper, Northern Light had a smaller camper, and it'd be great to talk to these bigger companies too, and, and just see kind of, you know, what do what they see in the emerging market? And then there's kind of the, you know, the really new emerging market, um, Truck House up in Tahoe, they're putting out some really cool Tacoma-based campers, I'd love to talk to them. Um, there's another camper company up in Tahoe, I forget, Kind of do something similar? Camper Creator, I think it is. Uh, super trip. I don't know. There's so many cool campers coming out that we just need to have these conversations and and kind of get these ideas exchanged. I think the community will benefit. I think the manufacturers would benefit. I think we would all just share these ideas it would be so great. So that was another reason to start the podcast. Um just connecting these these awesome intersections of personalities. I was uploading my logo and my profile to this podcast program and it said like, you know, what what is your show about? And I was trying to think, and there's like a list of things you could choose from. It was like outdoor activities, you know, extreme sports, leisure, um, travel, um, you know, camping. And I just kept clicking on these little boxes and I was like, dang, we've captured such a cool audience of people that are, you know, doers that are adventurers, that are athletes, that are explorers that are, you know, weekend warriors, but, um, just, just cool. It's a cool community. It's a cool culture. I'm really looking forward to kind of exploring that more and tapping into that more through this podcast. Um, I think it'd be cool to kind of talk about how it all started. So back in 2015, I was actually at a, a living in Long Beach, Washington, I was in the Coast Guard, stationed up at Cape Disappointment. And I ran into or I met a few local surfers and we became friends. I grew up surfing. Um, Southern California, Ventura County area, down to San Diego, and everywhere in between. Um, met these surfers up in Washington, and anyways, we started surfing around up there. And they invited me to go to this contest with them in Westport called the Cold Water Classic, not to be confused with the Cold Water Classic in Steamer Lane, Santa Cruz. And I went up there, and I had a Ford Ranger at the time. I'd always had a Ford Ranger. I had one in high school as my first. Oh, my my fifth first car. I had a lot of first cars. Um, Anyways, I I had my Ranger. I had the camper shell in the back and it was built out for camping. It was the three liter two wheel drive manual with a nice camper shell and like a platform bed at the back. And I was all stoked. So we went up there. It wasn't that far. It was like an hour and a half from where we were. But like anytime it was Washington, anytime in the winter in Washington, it was just pouring rain and freezing cold. The waves were really good though. Um, and I remember walking back from my heat in my wet, wetsuit, trying to change out of my wetsuit in the rain. And I walked past this like Mazda, I forget, B, B2500, the Mazda Ford Ranger model. And this guy had like the first gen Callen camper. Um, or I think it was a Bel Air. It was like an old school Bel Air camper because the whole back of it folds up, like opens up. And he had this, he was in the contest too, but he had this little table set up with a little wooden stove and a bed, and he was just toasty warm and dry. And all his equipment was dry. And I just saw this thing and I saw my truck next to it. And the light bulb just went off. I was like, this is the coolest concept ever. You know, a small nimble truck paired with a sweet little shelter that is waterproof and can kind of take you anywhere. Easy to load, easy to unpack, easy to easy to go, good to go. So that kind of lit the light bulb in my little head. Um, I grew up, grown up building Legos, and I just feel like the way the camper connected to the truck, it just reminded me of like a really good Lego creation. Um, and then after you know I was a little bit older, I, I was surfing a lot and camping with a tent or just wherever, um, in the sand or in the bushes and. You know, I just thought if I could take this concept and kind of run with it, it'd be such a great way to keep doing what I love doing but not have to like buy a whole lot of new gear and it was kind of in the. I don't know there's a lot of availability on Craigslist at the time for for these campers because they're outdated they're old the, 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 the craze wasn't on yet so. Um, I looked on Craigslist for a couple of days and luckily in Washington, I had a good buddy who kind of was like my first camper mentor. Anyway, he was like kind of telling me what I need to look for and kind of how to connect it to the truck because I knew nothing. And I ended up driving out to Longview, Washington and grabbed a camper from this guy for pretty much free. Um, I think it was Star, it wasn't, it was Starcraft but it was an older Starcraft, not the current Starcraft um that makes like pop or not current but you can still find these starcraft campers anyway it wasn't a pop-up it was a hard top it fit the ranger pretty good it had a little overhang and it was probably maxing out the weight i didn't really know much about weight at the time i did have load range e tires and i drive it back and the whole bed sagging but eventually i get helper springs and it, it sits properly and it's a whole learning process and you know going through this camper restoring it getting it ready for a little road trip and after a few weeks of painting it and cleaning it out and just kind of, you know, exploring this concept. Um, I had this cool little camper on the back of my ranger and from then on, I could go to the beach and be dry, cook some food, drink some coffee. Uh, I took that thing on a lot of a lot of cool little local trips, and then a few bigger trips and I fit my surfboards inside. It was it was just really cool. Um, and it, it also like looked cool. So I started taking some photos of it and people would give me compliments and I started kind of taking photos of other campers I'd see on Pinterest and I just wanted a way to share all these cool little rigs that were coming out. So that's when I created the Instagram account. That must've been 2016, maybe 17. Um, maybe right around then. Anyway, I started compiling the photos around 2016, 17. Anyway, ended up selling that camper, selling that truck, upgraded to an F-150 and pretty quickly got myself a Scamper 060S. That was on Craigslist too. Got it for a thousand bucks. It was in mint condition. It's about 2017 now. Um, that thing was sweet and it fit the truck perfectly. It was in such good condition. Anyways, uh, ended up selling that truck. That was an F, so I sold the Ranger, got a little F-150, sold that, sold the Camper. It kind of upgraded over time and over over the years have had you know four a couple i've had two four-wheel campers i had that scamper i've had a six-pack and then one or two kind of no names uh the manufacturers since gone out of business and i couldn't do any research i couldn't figure out who, who had made it originally but um obviously we saw the community grow a lot during covid when people were inside and didn't have much to do that was also kind of the beginning of the the purge for craigslist and facebook marketplace which is why it's kind of hard to find deals right the second um, they're still out there and there's more and more now than there were even a few weeks ago, but it's definitely kind of changed the game a little bit. I know a lot of lead times for bigger manufacturers, such as four wheel campers scout, et cetera, were, you know, eight to 12 months out um, during the height of COVID. So I contacted four wheel recently and their lead time has dropped down a little bit. So I think, you know, I think we'll start seeing some more deals. I've been posting a lot of rig alerts lately. There's there's definitely some more deals coming post COVID, um, but that's definitely something I wanna talk about too in the future is just kind of what the market's doing right now, what it did in the past and where, where we think it's going. And then also share with you guys just tips I use to find good deals on campers. I get hit up a few times a week saying, hey, how do you find these deals? Obviously it's a lot of the followers sending in stuff in, um, but there's also just some cool little tricks I think you can do, shuffle around keywords, etc. Um, for campers. So that's kind of the story of, of how it all started and some ideas for the future. It's it's been a pretty cool journey. Um, I've gotten to meet a ton of people. I've gotten to have some awesome camping experiences. I've gotten to have some awesome rigs. Um, I've gotten to learn a ton about the whole industry and, and kind of, you know, I've gutted a few rigs. I've built them back up with new appliances. So I've done the research or I mean, I've done a little bit of research, but I feel pretty comfortable, comfortable. Talk about products that I think are good products for campers, and I do get hit up a lot of times on the Instagram, you know, with questions. Hey, I'm I'm looking into getting a camper for my Tacoma. What do you recommend? Hey, I want to get a hot water heater. What do you think is a good way to go? And it's fun to have little individual conversations, but it definitely takes a while. So, um, definitely in the future, let's. Let's plan to have an episode where we, where we answer some of those questions you know for kind of an intro to small trick campers for for someone that's kind of getting into it we can step by step talk it over so just sharing ideas like that it's going to be a pretty cool uh, podcast and i'm excited for y'all to be a part of it all right i just realized my mic wasn't even plugged in i got this really cool microphone thing and it wasn't even plugged into the computer so Hopefully that all sounded okay. I don't really want to re-record it again. Um, But now I got the headphones on, so I think it'll sound a lot better. But there's just a lot going on in the community and there's a lot of cool stuff to talk about, cool ideas to share, so many intersections between lifestyle and the campers and really just want to explore all that stuff. So, um, also I want to just talk about, you know, we have this website going, try to kind of clarify what that's all about introduce new products. Um, as you can see, we have some sweatshirts already already available, hats, stickers, koozies, some knickknacks. So um, just getting the word about new products and getting the word out about um, where the future is for that whole side of the brand. Before small trip campers, before the Coast Guard, I'm currently active duty in the Coast Guard, stationed up here in the Bay Area. Um, before all that, I did work for two pretty cool brands. brands. One was deus ex machina, people call it deus ex machina, based out of Sydney, Australia. Uh, I did a couple years in Sydney after college, met up with them over there when I was kind of surfing and traveling, Um, helped open up the store in Venice. And through that, I really learned kind of good retail, good branding, what a good clean brand looks like, um, as well as what good quality uh, apparel products look like, you know, quality apparel that'll last forever not forever, but for a while, that's not just, you know, print on demand, that's actually silk screened, um, that has good materials and when possible made in the USA. Um, from there, I worked for Matuse wetsuits out of San Diego, California, in my opinion, the best wetsuits, like the best mass manufactured wetsuits, aside from some custom companies. Um, that's a whole another conversation. But through there, I learned just good product design, good branding, again, And kind of taking concepts that weren't related to the brand, but tying them in. Um, so through those two experiences, I'm really hoping to like build out this brand side of the thing, the brand side of the house and keep developing that, um, working with some talented graphic designers. And I'm really impressed with the way the hats turned out. I'm really impressed with the way the sweatshirts turned out. I love the stickers and we're looking forward to kind of making some uh, newer products here in the near future that really fit kind of the lifestyle we're going for in terms of, you know, um, fit in terms of quality of materials, and in terms of just position for, for the positioning within like, the community. I think there's some good opportunity there, which I'm excited to explore. Um, I worked for those two jobs. And then I had a quarter life crisis when I was 25. And being a uh, my whole family's been in the military, and I wanted to travel, and I kind of saw the glass ceiling of these startups I was working at, not startups, but newer companies I was working at, I decided to join the Coast Guard after a lot of deliberation, and that's a whole nother story, and currently, um, I am stationed in, in the Bay Area, but I've gotten to live up in Oregon and Washington, the East Coast, uh, Virginia, and... Um, i've gotten to explore a lot of America, spending some time in alaska so that's that's been cool from from that perspective more on that maybe later, but I don't know um it's also kind of nomadic, so you know oftentimes i'm living out of a sea bag or a backpack traveling um from little school to little school or these like deployments we get put on. If you guys are interested in hearing more about that, shoot me a direct message on instagram and uh, I can answer some questions but I don't really want to incorporate that side of this thing into the podcast. Um, So that's kind of my background in a nutshell and my experiences. And I hope to use all of those experiences to keep, you know, dedicating time to this this community, building it out more, and uh, developing it and see where it's going to go. You know, a few years ago, if you told me that we'd have almost 50,000 followers and that there'd be this whole kind of segmented group of people that are rejecting, you know, The Lance, the big, the big Lance campers, the big diesel pushers that are kind of making their own campers that are, you know, finding these vintage restoration projects and and carrying them through that are backyard builders that are making these amazing wooden campers. um, That are entrepreneurs designing kits or entrepreneurs designing whole new companies, you know, if you would have told me that that's the community that is kind of behind the smokescreen or behind the you know over the hill, if you will, um, I wouldn't have believed you so. Just seeing that we're here from there is incredible. And I can only imagine what the future is going to hold. Um, I know that there's more companies coming you know, coming out daily. Um, there's more people making amazing rigs in their backyards than I've ever seen before. And there's just really cool stories and personalities behind the scenes that I really want to talk to and, and explore that with you guys on the podcast here. Also, um, we want to introduce products in the space That could be, you know, reviewing products or um, just talking about some game-changing innovations going down in the community um, in terms of products. I think that's like another cool idea to explore that's difficult to explore with Instagram posts. And then open up for questions and answer questions and just kind of keep this thing rolling. Um, I've already reached out to quite a few people through the Instagram account that I've either looked up to or come across and been inspired by. And I've asked them, you know, their thoughts on coming on for, for an interview and everyone's been super down. Um, I feel like a lot of these newer companies may not have the audience or the, the soapbox to stand on. Um, so hopefully giving them more of a voice and being able to share their story and their concept will help them out a little bit in terms of brand recognition and, and kind of mission statement stuff. That's really hard to convey once again on Instagram or even on a website. I think being able to share those stories of, you know, what do these manufacturers see? What do these entrepreneurs see? What's the market gap they're trying to fill? How are they inspired by previous companies that were doing something similar that eventually went out of business? Roman Chariot, for example, my favorite, uh, making the wedge-style camper uh, that went out of business, sadly. Um, how are they inspired? I and, mean, you know, what do they see in the market that the, there was a need for? So talking to those people and and just kind of sharing those stories is another goal of this podcast and then also just talking to you know professional snowboarders uh mountain bikers surfers any outdoor enthusiast really there's also some ultra marathon runners out there and you know ultimately trying to talk to them and and, and figure out what what it is that the small trick camper brings to their lifestyle and why do they choose that maybe over a van or over doing the hotel thing or tent camping I think there's going to be some cool similarities there, which I'm excited to kind of map out and explore. So that's kind of where we're at, where we're going. There's a lot more to it, and it's just going to have to be broken down episode by episode. Um, But I was excited to reach out and secure an interview for this very first podcast. So we'll have that person on shortly. Um, And I just wanted to, before we segment into that, just say thank you so much for following along. Thank you so much for you know you have Instagram followers, but I like to look at it more as Instagram participators because I feel like every one of the people that follows this account has participated in one way or another. Whether it's sending in rig alerts, sending in pictures of campers, sending in campers they saw in the wild, sending in ideas, um, getting back to me when I post my little rants about the state of the the state of the union for campers. You know where where do we stand? Where's this thing going? What are these interest rates doing? What are what are layoffs doing to the community? everyone's been getting back to me and, and we've met and connected with some awesome people that have some really good insight and you know, whether it's liking a photo or even just following us or, you know, shoot me a DM like just want to say thank you so much for, for participating and building this community out. It's way bigger than I thought it ever could become. And I think we're barely scratching the surface of where it's going to go as more and more people, you know, through word of mouth, through Instagram, explore through the podcast, hopefully um, get their ears and eyes open to this kind of concept. I think it's just going to continue to grow, you know, the nice thing about small truck campers in is that, you know, when times are good, people, people are going to be buying new campers, but when times aren't as good, people are going to be restoring older campers and, and kind of getting more uh, DIY not. So no matter what this, this community is going to grow. I don't really think it's a fad. I think there's fads out there. I saw a huge fad with like the cafe racer scene. I saw a huge fad with, you know, if you remember the rice, uh, not rice rocket, but like the rice, um, what are those cars called? Like the slammed out Fast and the Furious style cars. That was a huge fad. I remember growing up in like high school. That was kind of big, NOS, um, but I think that through photos and through stories of people that used to travel in smaller truck campers, In the 70s 80s 60s um, 50s whatever I mean john Steinbeck did a whole book about it travels with Charlie in search of America, I think it's called. Where he lived out of a small truck camper um and then connecting with friends, you know parents used to go to Panama or drive down to Mexico during the 70s and 80s and then seeing you know the our current. I don't say our generation, but our current kind of snapshot of all ages, taking advantage of what these campers can offer. Um, I'd really think that the it's not it's not a fad it's not a trend it's here to stay and we're just kind of exposing it a little bit more and and getting it more kind of solidified a better flag in the ground so lots of good stuff coming lots of good stuff in the future and, uh, and a lot of good stuff you know in the past just really good really cool things but yeah in summary just thank you guys so much for following along for being a part of the community for participating for the encouragement and for the support, whether it's through buying some products off the Etsy store or the new website we just launched, um liking a photo, sending me a alert, whatever, just really appreciate all that positive uh feedback to kind of give me motivation to to keep building this thing out. It's a lot of fun make making it and building it out but it it is it's a lot of work too um it's my second full time job I'd say, but it's it's a labor of love and when I'm not even working on the website or the Instagram account, I'm usually on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace looking for deals or reading articles about new, new, mag- new campers or new concepts coming out um, and what's kind of going on. So thank you. And it's been it's been fun. Well, on that note, we've covered a lot of where we're going, where we've been and kind of what's happening. A, qu- uh, a good snapshot. But on that note, um, I do want to switch gears a little bit. And welcome our first guest on the show. Tyler Gertsma. You might not recognize his last name, but I'm sure you recognize his red Toyota pickup truck with white matching camper shell. He's uh, made a name for himself with the Instagram account, a Toyota called Amelia. So join me in welcoming Tyler to the podcast. Tyler, I'm so stoked we're here, man.
0: Dude, I'm so stoked to be here. Thank thank you so much for this this whole, whole opportunity. I'm honored to be the first guest too. That's huge for me.
1: Yeah, when I reached out, uh I had the idea for the podcast and uh reaching out to you was kinda natural. I just figured like we've we met up before, we we know each other decently well and um we're kinda yeah. on the same page. So I think last time we well, the only time we hung out was here in Santa Cruz. It was about a year ago, I want to say, maybe a little bit more. Uh, We went to a local brewery, Sante Darius.
0: Yeah, something like that. I think it was around a year ago because we were at the time trying to escape the Tahoe snow, so we came down to Santa Cruz and camped on the coast.
1: That's right. You did. And we had some good beers, and then you took off, and I believe the last kind of plan you had was you were going to move to the East Coast. So what's, mm-hmm. I see you now back in Tahoe. Um, I know there's some heartbreak there, but what's kind of the quick, or not so quick, kind of the, what, what happened, man? I just got to know. And everyone wants to know, I'm sure.
0: Dude. Oh, totally, totally. So, I mean, without, without getting into too much detail, it's a, it's a year-long story. Um, but basically, I moved out there um, to follow my then-girlfriend to East Tennessee, and really, within like a month, um the whole thing went belly up <laughs> and it was, Dude, it, was it was really yeah no it it is what it is I mean it was a series of just catastrophically awful events um but <laughs> i now you know i kind of i made a a group of really, really good friends out in Knoxville um and I actually fell in love with Knoxville. It's an amazing oh, yeah. city. So now I have a reason to go go see the Smokies again. But yeah, it was, it was quick. It, <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, it was a whole thing.
1: <laughs> okay, so maybe we'll unpack a little bit more when the time's right. Um, Absolutely. I think the main thing is, look, you were, you were living in Tahoe last summer out of your, out of, in between the tiny house and then out of your truck. I know mm-hmm. Dometic threw you a cooler, and that was mm-hmm. probably a game changer for you. And then right around that time, you did make the trek to Tennessee. It looked yeah. cool, it looked beautiful, and I think the drive mm-hmm. went pretty decent for you, right? Like no issues with the truck.
0: Yeah, no no issues with the truck. Um, I left. I got to East Tennessee October twentieth, I believe. Um, okay. And I had been, I had been living full time out of the truck since early July. Um, gotcha. And then what I had a, a brief stint back in the tiny house in Tennessee, obviously, but then, you know, very quickly I was just right back to living out of the truck in Knoxville. And that's okay. when I, I started making moves towards coming back to Tahoe because as much as I like Knoxville, I, I belong here. Here in the mountains obviously so yeah yeah I've been basically I've been full time out of um out of Amelia since July up until like four days ago
1: okay yeah and you recently moved into a house up in Truckee or South Lake
0: it's actually it's just west of Truckee. um and yeah I got a I have a room and a back yeah. nice. like I' have hot Hot water on tap. It's really weird.
1: Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did, I mean, you did the whole, well, we can we can rewind the clock a little bit, but people kind of know you as, yeah. you know, the, the guy um, that posts good reels that are pretty funny and pretty consistent. And um, like, like you said, you've been going back and forth between living in your truck and kind of living in apartment life or condo life, whatever. Now it's house life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So kind of take us back a little bit. When when did you, like, how's the story of you getting Amelia? Um, and, you know, give us a little breakdown of Amelia, the the year, um, the engine, um, how you found her, and just kind of little upgrades or, or how she's set up for living right now.
0: What's kind yeah, of the absolutely, man. Absolutely. So it was, well, starting with Amelia. Amelia's a 1985 Toyota pickup, um, four-wheel drive single cab short bed um carbureted 22r so i bought it at, it was a complete base model no power steering um manual trans obviously manual windows the whole thing um, yeah
1: the good stuff uh, for some reason oh yeah
0: for some reason was optioned with um factory ac it's a really oddly optioned truck but <laughs> i <laughs> i found it <clears throat> excuse me um I found her through basically a friend of a friend in late 2017, like November of
1: 2017. And original
0: owner, she used it as a tractor. It Mm -hmm. was she used used it to drag her horse arena. It was a ranch truck through and through it was beat to hell. Uh, But only had 64,000 miles because of that. Insane. Which, yeah, which is absolutely wild. But come to find out, it had 64,000 miles with a dead 22R, unbeknownst mm. to me. Um, okay. Yeah, I bought it. It was running on like one cylinder had full compression, the rest of them were sub 100. So Dang. it was, yeah, and I think two of them were even sub 50 PSI. So it was, it was dead. Somehow <laughs> still ran, ran great. Actually, it's kind of insane to me. But I I bought it and it had a, a wood and aluminum tamper shell from the 80s already on it with the carpet cool. kit and everything. So when I first laid eyes on it, you know, at the time, I actually was driving a Jeep. I had a 97 TJ. And okay. when I first laid eyes on the Toyota, I just my first thought was, holy crap, that's a solid axle four wheel drive Yoda that I can live in. Like the totally. camper, it was perfect. That was my first thought. So since then, over the years, she's gotten a couple a couple new motors because the first few were done on a college kid's budget. And uh when you buy a cheap rebuild, you get a cheap rebuild. Really? <laughs>
1: It's, yep. it's kind of funny how that funny how that works, actually. <laughs> Absolutely, free is the most expensive, and cheap is pretty expensive too.
0: Yes, oh yes. <laughs> so, over the years, she got, she's had. I think, I think we're on block number three, or block number four. Okay, I, I honestly cannot like go back to either way. Way too many. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then I put, she's on two inch old man the leaf springs with, uh, built 4,600 shocks,
1: nice. um,
0: which are, which now have about 80,000 miles on them and they are all completely blown. So that that's kind of next on the list. Yeah. But I had a camper built for, uh, built brand new by a guy in Southern California, actually. Um, his shop is USA Camper Shell, and he's been cranking these wood and aluminum campers out since the 80s, so he knew exactly what he was looking at, and he basically recreated the original camper, um, just modern. So I have full wow. interior lights. Yeah, wild. It's insulated, um, but it's still just a camper shell. It's not like yeah. a drop-in or anything.
1: Yeah. Um, it's. And, I'd say it's like, in terms of shells go, it's definitely more in like the... The, the livable side of shells is not like a fiberglass snug top or something. That's, you know, the same yeah. height as the cab. Um, if you guys haven't seen his Instagram account or seen the truck, it's, the shell rises about 12 inches, maybe a little bit more up and, uh, yeah, it's square, something so, like that. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, It's,
0: uh, it's right. Right. It, and I still, um, with the sleeping platform that I built, um, actually with an ex-girlfriend's uncle. um, Hand-built it. With the way that's set up, my bed sits at wheel well height so I could have a full-size bed and I still can't sit straight up. And it's really annoying. Yeah, Let alone stand.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think having that, like with the four-wheel campers or, you know, any pop-up camper, really, having that uh, ability to stand in the camper is kind of Kind of a game changer. Um, you can make yes. get by with the shell, but having that ability to stand up—I mean, you've gotten by with just a the shell—but um, there's something okay. to be said about being able, being able to stand up in your in your rig. I
0: I won't lie, that's actually that's kind of everything.
1: After yeah. having been full time in it for
0: so long, and you know having to change laying down, and you know not really having an interior space of any kind unless you're going to bed. um, That is, was a big motivator for me in like, okay, I think I'm done for now. <laughs>
1: yeah, time to get some bigger walls. Yes,
0: yes um, it, it's rough. Um, But as a camping rig, just like, you know, hell, even month long trips or something like that, it's totally doable. But as far as full time living, by the end, it got a little rough admittedly
1: absolutely yeah <laughs> i i can see how that would transpire well so yeah you bought the truck in 2017 um i was tell i was talking earlier how that was like way before the covid purge of instagram uh, facebook and craigslist mm-hmm. when prices went crazy 2017 yeah. we're talking about you know five six years ago Would you say that the Yoda market was as hot as it is now? Or was it, was Amelia kind of flying more under the radar?
0: It, she was flying more under the radar. I think at that point in time, um, the solid axle Yodas were more so being sought after by the crawler crowd still. Uh, Mm. Not so much. There were definitely Toyota collectors out there. Um, Yeah but not like we have now. It's, um, I would say, the whole Instagram Toyota culture where people started buying trucks and flipping them and restoring them. I'd say that really came to be like between 2018, 2019. I was kind of right at that cusp. Um, and obviously, people still look for um, Toyotas to build into crawlers. It's... They've gotten so outrageously expensive that you know they've moved on to building geo trackers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> totally Thought Miata today or on Instagram a Miata like lifted hitting a hitting a river. So yeah, maybe they maybe they've moved yep. on, which is good for us. Um, no, it's
0: great for us. It really is just whatever's cheap. And I
1: think so. Yeah,
0: Toyotas. Yeah, Toyotas are not that <laughs>
1: anymore. Yeah, yeah, totally, especially now. I was looking on Facebook Marketplace. My wife found a Hilux, beautiful Hilux. But I think the guy was asking 40k. So, um, not insane, insane, but not. You know, post COVID, it's kind of almost to be expected. It's crazy. Right,
0: right. No, it's it's true. It is absolutely bonkers to me how much these trucks are going for. I mean, they that back in the day these trucks were your just cheap tough, disposable truck almost. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Amelia is a prime example. It When I bought her, it's like the glove box was stuck open. The rearview mirror was shattered in the passenger seat. The I had to click my seatbelt into the passenger side because the driver's side um, didn't uh-huh. work. Yeah, and wow. It's like people would buy them brand new and just use them, like use the ever-loving crap out of them.
1: Totally, So. Yeah.
0: Now, for some for some reason, I mean, obviously, they're amazing trucks and they're super cool. But for some reason, they've almost become like museum pieces, if you could find them in good enough
1: shape. Absolutely. Yeah. Like all those old, older vehicles. Um, well, that's mm-hmm. that's that's cool. So what how did you recognize Amelia as like the rig you wanted to like kind of partner with? you said you had a jeep beforehand you recognized it was four four four-wheel drive solid axle manual all that all the goodies was it like growing up were you around those trucks or was it something you came into like in high school or what kind of transpired that light bulb in your head to go off when you saw amelia or when you were looking for something like amelia
0: yeah absolutely i mean i've always been obsessed with cars since i was a tiny 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 kid um and as far as off-roading goes, my dad actually would take us camping as a family, you know, from the time I was born. But he, his job was, um, he was a diesel generator mechanic and that brought him to a lot of the cell towers out in the middle of the Mojave. So I would go with him to work and we would be wheeling around the Mojave um, to get to these towers on mountaintops. And that, I mean, I was, I was six or seven when we started doing that. And that that kind of started the passion for the desert, for sure, and just exploring and off-roading. And as far as Toyotas go, I don't really recall the moment that I really, you know, gravitated towards old Toyotas. But as a little kid, I even, you know, like 12, 13 years old, I recognized that the solid axle Toyotas had the two vertical cool. bars in the grill, whereas the IFS Yotas only had the one in the middle. And for some reason, even as a tiny kid, I like, I just fixated on the little things like that. And I always, always liked them. So there was, I had a Jeep at the time, and then I had a 1990 Ranger that I was daily driving. and when I found out about this red Toyota that this little old lady was selling, I I talked to her and she said, Absolutely, I'll sell it to you. So I sold the Ranger and then bought the Toyota and then eventually sold the Jeep, but all the Jeep money went straight into putting Amelia's first engine in. <laughs>
1: okay. Got it. Yeah. That's a that's a lot to digest, but it's it's tough to buy a potential project car and sacrifice mm-hmm. two good running cars for maybe yeah. one decent running car. And I've definitely been there as yeah. well. Um, so <laughs> I, I understand the struggle, but I mean, it sounds like I remember following along, you had a few engine swaps along the way, but it, like you said, you just did a cross country trip and um, overall things were good. So was, that, was, was it no problems coming back as well from Tennessee or, or was, it, was it just no issues going to Tennessee? Not in terms of your relationship. So, but in terms of the drivetrain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so the only casualty coming back, and I'm pretty sure it happened in northern New Mexico. Um, I spent a night in a friend of mine's hand-built Adobe mud hut, and that night nice. it shot down. So yeah, it was amazing. The mud hut. Um, oh, sand, freaking tastic! But. That night, with no wind chill, it was one. And the wind was howling. Oh. So, I think because of that, the front seal on my power steering pump just said goodbye. Like, I'm yeah. done. I'm done. So, so, now I have a leaky power steering pump and the carburetor, the spacer and gaskets between the carburetor and the intake manifold, I don't know when they blew, but I noticed at a gas station on the, like in the middle of the plains of Colorado, I noticed that those gaskets were, were seeping. So I don't know if that happened on the trip or before, but those are the only two things. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah, pretty it, incredible. It
1: great. Yeah, yeah. It really is. <laughs> so you think cross country, I've driven cross country twice, and mm-hmm. something always goes wrong. And, even on a modern car, you know? So to think like, you know, your vehicle vintage and it's really having no major issues, that's that's yeah. incredible. I think that's another reason why those, those you know, you look on Craigslist, people say, oh, the 22R, you know, this engine's bulletproof. If you know anything about these engines, well, yeah, they actually are bulletproof. They're carbureted, they're simple, okay. they just freaking go.
0: Yep, and so, even when they break, they still get you home. That's yeah. the biggest thing. They're not immune to breaking, but you can drive them broken.
1: <laughs> That's the best part. That's awesome.
0: Yep. Yep. 100%. So,
1: you grew up in Southern California. I forget where. Was it mm-hmm. Bellflower?
0: It was Chino.
1: Chino. Okay.
0: Yep. Yep. In Here. the Inland Empire.
1: Yeah. IE. Off the 10, Chino. Um mm-hmm. You grew up kind of going out to Mojave with your dad, uh, checking out mm-hmm. those remote cell phone uh, diesel generator towers, which is just really cool. Mojave's amazing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Did you pursue kind of camping and outdoor life, you know, when you had a car? Um, and if so, I mean, what was your first car and how did you kind of use that to explore the outdoors?
0: Totally. my. My first car was actually a 1993 Ford Explorer, um, four-wheel drive Eddie Bauer. It Oof. was it was baller. <laughs> it was baller. But uh all four tires were completely bald. Uh bought it for I think $700 and I would I would rip around local dirt roads cuz Chino at the time had a lot of dairy farms still. Okay. So, oh you know i was 16 years old and i would just go rip down the dirt roads and pretend to be pretend to be the country boy that i wasn't um but it was after that that i bought um i bought a 84 nissan 720 okay. and it was it was a four-wheel drive mini truck just like amelia um and it was with that that i actually had um like working four-wheel drive and you know not bald tires yep so i started ripping around the hills of like fontana have you ever been out there
1: i haven't fontana no i've been to um no i haven't been to fontana
0: yeah no totally so there there are these hills out there just in the dead middle of the inland empire that have a bunch of like quad trails running through them and I started to run all of those and almost rolled it a few times and it was great. But yeah. it wasn't until I actually ended up buying a 2006 Tacoma uh, two wheel drive, but, but it was a pre-runner, so it had, yeah. you know, it looked like a four wheel drive just without the transfer case. And that's when I really started to drive into the mountains because I was capable of doing so. Um, so I started to explore the fire roads around Wrightwood pretty heavily.
1: Oh, nice. And then, yeah, and
0: then, you know, cruising up into Azusa Canyon and all the things, real mountains and everything and kind of started to reignite my love for you know, Alpine mountains, really. Totally. And Because um, my, you know, I mentioned my dad took us camping a lot of kids up in Idlewild and Big Bear and everything, but he passed when I was Twelve, and you know, at that age, it's like, well, I'm.
1: Yeah, that's rough. You know, I can't drive
0: myself to the mountains. Yeah. Yeah, that it made me who I am, to say the least. But yeah, uh, you know, I I couldn't drive myself to the mountains, so it wasn't until I had that Tacoma that I really started to get back into it.
1: Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, yeah. my really good friend lives down in a, uh, Wrightwood area. And um, growing up in like Ventura County, I mean, there's just so much to see from like L.A. Nor, I mean, all of California, but um, especially you, mm-hmm. know, you know the coast coastline territory. They have the mountainous territory, and it's you can almost spend a lifetime exploring both and still find yeah find new spots to uh, check out. Um, when when you were kind of out Absolutely. there on the- in the yeah exactly when you were out there in the '06 Tacoma, kind of camping a lot did you have a spot that you consistently felt like this is my, this is like my spot, you know, I love camping at this spot. Was that, did you have something that, that like that for you? Or was it always kind of just, Oh, we'll see what the weekend brings.
0: I mean, it actually, when I had the Tacoma, I was more so
1: just doing day
0: trips. I wasn't really camping yet. Um, I had, there's a fire road, um, just past Wrightwood, that actually runs along the top of the ridge that's above the town. Um, and I, I would just go run that repeatedly. It's beautiful. It's, you know, it's easy. I was in a two wheel drive truck. So, mm-hmm. um, that road, that road meant, meant a lot to me. But after the Tacoma, um, when I bought my TJ, I actually, that's when I started camping and the Alabama hills were the first on the list. Um, something this was you know really before the the overland explosion actually quite a quite a long time before the overland explosion and i just loved the alabama hills because i went there with my dad so Mm -hmm. went and uh that was the first place that i camped by myself since since my dad was alive was in the alabama hills so that actually that's kind of the spot that started all of it.
1: I see. Yeah. I'm sure and there's now, a lot of the, the now the entire population goes to the Alabama Hills. <laughs> yeah. Rigs and <laughs> Coffee uh Tacoma Meetup, Alabama Hills edition. Every weekend.
0: <laughs> you're only you're only allowed in if you have a little ladder.
1: Yeah, a witty-bitty wada.
0: That's so funny. <laughs> Precisely. Well, Precisely. Yeah.
1: And if your lights uh, blink repeatedly when you're driving off road, um, maybe maybe that'll be a whole new podcast about, you know, crazy trends we're seeing. Oh, dude, but we yeah. should definitely do that. Yeah, I think so. Little bitty waddle. So um, you got a little waddle? Yeah. Oh, if you guys haven't seen that, I'll post it on my Instagram stories shortly. It's It's hilarious. It captures it perfectly. So you're out yeah. in uh, Alabama Hills, and this is, like, what, high school? Age, this
0: was Tyler? in college now.
1: Okay. Yeah, college.
0: this was this was college-age, Tyler. Yep.
1: Okay. Going out there, and then how did you kind of make the discovery of, like, um, well, let me let me reverse a little bit. Lately, you even spent a lot of time in Tahoe, and before you left to Tennessee and came back, you spent a lot of time in Tahoe. Um, I know you're pretty dialed in there with camping, with the brewery. Um, so how did you kind of, like, discover Tahoe because from Alabama Hills to Tahoe it's a it's a pretty big jump about you know Mm -hmm. six hours by road um and yeah it's it's a it's a it's a big discovery so what kind of brought you up to to Tahoe
0: so when I graduated college um I actually moved in with my brother in Reno and moving to Reno was kind of what did it and then i got on with nevada state parks up on the nevada side of tahoe and worked for them for a season and that was it man that was like that job having to go and clean backcountry restrooms along the tahoe rim trail in spots that um, you know public vehicles have never once been allowed into was just the most like life-altering season of my life because that's when that's when it grabbed me it wow. was unbelievable so and i haven't been able to let go since and i never want to
1: yeah no <laughs> i bet it's it's incredible up there it's yeah it's it's stunning um mm-hmm. yeah so is this around the time you were with amelia and starting the instagram or kind of how did the instagram come mm-hmm. about for for the for the rig
0: That's actually a really funny story. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so I was, I was dating a gal at the time that I bought Amelia, and two weeks later, she breaks up with me. (laughs) And one night, no, one night I am, oh my God, it's hilarious to think about now. Um, but one night I was, uh, quite intoxicated. Quite. (laughs) intoxicated and again this is like uh, i want to say late november of 2017. okay um i drunk me said i'm gonna make my truck an instagram account and i'm gonna drive it to alaska nice. so i did uh have not been to alaska but i did make the instagram account and um I just started posting pictures of it. I mean, it's a cool-looking truck. It's super yep. retro. And that's when, you know, the bigger overland accounts started to repost it and it started to slowly gain traction and then um Overland Bound reached out uh, cuz I I joined the I joined the club.
1: Yep. Some badges what's your number? On the truck. Okay.
0: Uh, oh, 10, I think 10,000 something or other.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, they're going to be disappointed that I don't know that. Um <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> but okay.
0: they actually did a whole article on the truck and, uh-huh. um, reposted it. And it was at that point, I think I went from 600 followers to like 1400 kind of in a matter of like hours. Yeah. And, um. It just, it, that was the, the beginning of the snowball. Um, I see. Which was wild, because, yeah, I made the account just completely hammered.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it worked working. out well. It did. It did. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, you know, just oh, the way God. it is. <laughs> I think... I think that's how I came across your account was through, yeah, overland bound or something, obviously like a stunning okay. truck, stunning rig. Um, and mm-hmm. that was like you said, right when the kind of overland explosion was like prepped and ready to go. Probably 17, I, Yeah. 18. I think,
0: uh, a, a lot of it for me, at least was just right place, right time. And yeah. it, uh, I combine a lot of the Instagram subcultures because it's a classic Toyota, so there's that. It's completely patinaed and original, so there's that. And then, you know, the overland kind of campy side of it, there's that. The off-roady side of it, there's that. And then I kind of bleed into the van life culture a little bit. Totally. Uh, just because of, I think how I have it set up. It's just a little cozy cabin.
1: So the yep. Pinterest crowd likes it. A hundred percent. It's, it's I just mean, wild
0: how it all worked out.
1: It is, and I was, I had a, I was talking about a story before uh, this interview about how I was uploading information to this uh, podcast website, and it said, you know, who is your target audience? And it it had a list of things and it said like, you know, outdoor, adventure, leisure, travel, beach, you know, uh, food. And Mm -hmm. I started clicking like all these things. I was like, yeah, it's outdoor. Okay, yeah, it's about travel. It's about leisure, about camping. Mm -hmm. It's about adventuring. It's about beach culture. It's about mountain. And like you said, it's like it traverses this concept of small truck campers traverses so many different subcultures it's really like you said it it captures so many people and uh intersects them in a way in a way that not too many other industries can and i think that's what makes our culture so unique Uh and um yeah we we get to meet these interesting people that are along those segments so that's a that's a really good analysis of kind of, of of why you think your account grew and kind of where your account stood but yeah i agree it hits the vintage Toyota crew. It hits the Toyota crew. It hits the off-road crew. It hits the Pinterest crew. It hits the camping crew. And then it inspires the van life crew because you're going places you can't go in a Sprinter van, um, right. et cetera, et cetera. So that's a cool analysis.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. It's, um, and it's been a lot of fun because I've made so many friends from so many different walks of life. I think that's, that's one of the biggest takeaways that I've gotten from from any of this is just like, the people I've met and the connections I've made. And um, Mm. like, prime example is sleeping in, in my hippie friend's mud hut in northern New Mexico, like, how (laughs) I'm sitting there, like, how did I get here? This is the coolest thing in the world. And it's only because of my little Toyota. And I, I owe everything to that truck. Oh, my God. (laughs)
1: speaking of cool nights uh didn't you spend a night in foster huntington spot up in uh up in oregon on Mm -hmm. the columbia river
0: i did i did that was on a that was on a trip that i did in 2021 where i drove from the mexican border to the canadian border and back um and that trip ended up being done on three out of four functioning cylinders which is super super cool um and yeah i had i had connected with foster huntington and if you don't know who that is he is uh kind of the originator of the van life hashtag that's not to say he's the first guy to live in a van but he kinda he was just making fun of um hashtag thug life and his van broke down so he said hashtag van life and it it took off and it exploded and now he's uh He's a movie pro- movie producer, or I don't I don't know the term for that, but he does stop motion films, and he is a he's a super super cool guy, and he has this crazy treehouse that he actually let me stay in when I went to visit him. So that was an incredible experience, and um, that whole trip just in itself was phenomenal. I saw I went up. From the Mexican border up three ninety five through the desert um into southeast Oregon into Idaho, and then shot across Washington to the Olympic Peninsula and took a ferry to port angeles um and then I took the coast the whole way home, so Beautiful. man, that trip was incredible
1: wow, yeah that sounds a uh, that sounds super cool i i I love it, yeah, mm-hmm. I bet. What um I want to switch gears a little bit and just talk about totally. um a couple things here. So you recently you know recently being within the last year took on Dometic. Was that like a partnership or a sponsorship or how did that kind of plan yeah. out? Yeah.
0: That um that actually came through a friend of mine, Kurt. He he owns and operates GTF Overland in Long okay.
1: Beach. Nice.
0: And he he's like a like an overland retail store um he carries all sorts of brands and i had mentioned to him that i was looking into a fridge because i started um i went full-time in amelia still with a cooler and man that is a pain in the ass let me tell you it's doable but so i reached out to him because he's he's helped me out he's he shot me a a stove and a chair and an awning um and i kind of i helped him promote his gtf overland when he was first getting going and then i helped him you know a few days building shelves for the shop and everything so we just work really well together um and i mentioned that i was looking for a bridge to him and he hooked me up with the marketing director of Dometic, and nice. they said okay uh what size do you want? <laughs> I wow. I could not I could not believe what I was seeing in that email, but it's been great. Um, that was a huge huge game changer. Um, really, without without that, I'm not sure if I would have been able to be um full time as long as I have been. Honestly.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, this Dometic is not a sponsor, but I have a Dometic as well. And I, I love having that 12 volt cooler fridge. It's, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a a game changer. Like you said, um, aside from the Dometic and, uh, I've or in addition to the Dometic connection, obviously you've been making a bunch of reels on Instagram. Do you have any other further aspirations for the account in terms of like onboarding partners or like where you want to take it? Like what, what are you kind of thinking about with the account? Um, a Toyota called Amelia so it's kind
0: of it's shifted a bit lately um, mm-hmm, sure. with this breakup that happened in Tennessee I I found myself just wearing my heart on my sleeve a lot more <sighs> like I because I moved to Tennessee and then shit just completely hit the fan almost immediately and then when the relationship actually ended I was like okay um I'm in Tennessee. And I don't really know anybody. Um, and yep. so I just started wearing my heart on my sleeve, I, I posted a story about um, what happened. And there was just an outpouring of support. It was, it was absolutely incredible, the support that I got from this community. And since then, it's taken on more of a personal aspect less less about the truck and more about it. As weird as it sounds more about me. Um yep. And what I'm doing. And that's not to say that won't shift back. It's just I've been going through so much and and on the road so much that like it has, it has become a little bit more of a personal account. Um And it's been doing well. I mean, I still get, you know, plenty of engagement and whatever else. It's mm-hmm. just for right now at this very moment, it's, it's kind of taken that turn. But, excuse me, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as the future goes, I don't, I don't really even know where, yeah. where I necessarily want to go with it. I do, once I'm kind of back on my feet financially from moving across the country twice, Um, I am going to be doing more merch. I have a whole, a whole merch design, um, multiple merch designs actually that have never been printed. And so I'm going to be doing that. And really, I'm just looking forward to this spring when the snow starts to melt, to get out there and start doing the damn thing again and just kind of posting where I go. I don't really have a plan and I, I never really have had a plan
1: yeah that's, kind of that's totally
0: cool what I do yeah
1: yeah and I think the the shift from like you know what is the truck doing to like what are you doing I saw I see the same thing with um the down a mob guy on Instagram who was mm-hmm. you know mobbing and then now he's kind of posted up at his uh property and it's kind of changed more to about him than like about you know the adventures truck goes on with him in it and I think that's totally cool right. to to be fluid and almost more realistic than just being super like campy camping camping all the time camping. You know, it's like, hey man, real life happens. It's a good reminder to to the followers that yep. you know you don't need to be living the life every single second, every single hour. So that's yeah, it's that's true. a good observation. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I mean, I think it's it's kind of crazy how how most of the time I was living the life all the time. I mean, I was. I was full time ish in the truck and it still took on that personal aspect because it's mm-hmm. like, hey, how many times do these folks wanna see my cool lights that I have at camp? Or yeah. how many times do these folks wanna see you know, whatever. And it's um it just naturally went that way and it worked. So wow. Yeah, I'm I'm super stoked on it, and I'm just gonna keep running with it, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, no, perfect. No, you should. That's a that's a really good place to be at. Um, aside from running the Instagram totally. account, you're back in Tahoe. Are you? You're working mm-hmm. at a brewery right now. So, what's the name of the brewery? What's your job there? And like, how does, you know, what what's your passion for beer?
0: Yeah, I I work at the Good Wolf Brewing in Truckee. And I'm the assistant brewer there now. Before I moved to Tennessee, I was bartending there and kind of doing some back-of-house stuff. But okay. when I moved back, they had some staffing changes, and this position of assistant brewer opened up. So that's I took it, and that's where I'm at now. And craft beer has always been a passion of mine since I turned 21 that originally a lot of my travels were kind of centered around breweries um i would basically bar hop across vast distances (laughs) um and the the beer culture has always been just you know fascinating to me because everywhere you go you know people do things differently and you have local ingredients and you have um you know the location ends up bleeding into not only the vibe of the place, but the beer itself. Um, And I've always said as, as pretentious as this may sound, I've always said that beer is art created by science. And love it. (laughs) I know, a lot of people are going to roll their eyes at that one. But I don't give a damn. Um, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah, Perfect. Totally. I I love craft beer. I always have. I always will. Um, and that's kind of the career path I've chosen because I was working seasonally for state parks, and then with you know I did beer in the off season, um, and then beer honestly was the first one to offer me full time with benefits. So I said, okay, wow. I guess beer is my life now.
1: That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing timing yeah. once again. Uh, that's, yep. that's awesome. Well, I'm happy to hear that yeah. you're back in a place that you feel like home and you work in a job that you like mm-hmm. and you're still running the account. And, uh, it's been, it's been really good just hearing about, you know, Amelia and everything you got going on. But I got to ask if you could have any rig in the mm-hmm. world, what's your dream rig?
0: Oh, oh, that's a good one. So honestly, I would always have a solid axle Toyota. Okay. I, I really, I would always have a solid axle Toyota of some kind, but if I was shooting for the moon,
1: Yep.
0: Oh, God. I would import a diesel droopy. A okay. 70 series. Droopy guy. Yep. I with, right. with the pop-top conversion, the whole thing.
1: Um, okay.
0: Because I would love a brand new diesel manual solid axle Toyota. Like, are, are you kidding?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't get any better. Um, it's true. Yeah. It's like true, we were, man. Especially if it was left-hand drive for the states here. I mean, right-hand drives cool, but if we could have a left-hand drive, manual, troopy, diesel, mm-hmm. uh, Toyota USA, please do what you can. I've been looking yeah. at it for a while. We,
0: we, we should send them a strongly worded letter
1: We should. and uh, hope, for the, hope for the best. <laughs> to talk to their manager.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: (laughs) Well, dude, uh, it's been really good catching up. I just want to finish this podcast off with a quick fire round that I'm developing as we speak. Um, And you kind of answered some of these questions already, but I'm going to ask you anyway, just to kind of set the uh, precedent. So I'm going to ask you a question and just let me know the first thing that pops in your head. All right.
0: All right. Sounds good.
1: Here we go. So for a camper, would you rather have a hard side or a pop up? Hard side. Gas, diesel, or electric drive? Diesel. Diesel. Burrito or pizza?
0: Oh, jeez. Uh. Uh, pizza.
1: Pizza sounds good. Gotta answer this one, but beer or coffee? If you could only choose one.
0: Oh, dear God. Uh, oh, no. Uh, well, beer, but, ah. I hate that.
1: <laughs> it's painful. Uh, lastly, what's the last oh. great? <laughs> what's the last great book you read or podcast you listened to? Uh,
0: Monkey Wrench Gang by Edward Abbey.
1: All right, that's I'll recommend. The that. all and end all of both. <laughs> well, Tyler, I gotta say, man, it was great catching up, and it was also even better breaking in this podcast with you as the first one. I'm sure our listeners are gonna enjoy this conversation we had. And uh, if they want to get a hold of you, what's the best uh, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you and reach out?
0: Totally. So it's uh, honestly reach out through Instagram, a Toyota called Amelia. Um, I'm admittedly right now, not the not the quickest responder. I won't lie just this with everything that's been happening. And I'm really sorry about that. But reach out through a Toyota called Amelia. Um, and I will get back to you. I I promise. And if I don't, then just send me another message telling me how big of an asshole I am. And I'll apologize and we'll get we'll go from there.
1: <laughs> Classic. Well you guys got it. That's how to reach out to Tyler. And Tyler, thanks so much for your time. It was really great catching up with you.
0: Totally, man. Let's let's hang out soon. Come to Tahoe and if I get sick of the snow, I'll come to you.
1: Absolutely. I'm on the coast. Alright. So that was our interview with Tyler from a Toyota called Amelia. If you'd like more information on small truck campers, be sure to check out our Instagram at small truck campers. If you'd like to check out our merchandise, click on the link in the bio of our Instagram page. And if you want more information, just follow along to this podcast or our Instagram, and we'll be updating it all soon. Thanks again. Have a good one.